0: You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, I'm one of your hosts Angel Steve 89, Steve Angelovich,
1: and with me is the real underscore Sam Mars, Sammy Marsdale. How you doing, man? Doing well, Steve. Exams this week and next, so a little stressful, but Yankees baseball is upon us on Thursday, so that makes a little bit of the stress go away. 7.05 every night for the next six months. I am thrilled.
0: Yeah, two sleeps. That's all it is. Go to bed twice when you listen to this uh, on Tuesday morning, and then opening day Thursday afternoon. Yankees baseball. Uh, this past weekend is all March Madness, but coming up, it's baseball time already. And uh, we we both needed it, man. It's been a long off season for the Yankees, and I can't wait just to have that that sound of the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, a couple days a couple days away here. Me, it's gonna be my first opening day that I'm not gonna be at in like five or six years. I gotta travel for work, and I just didn't put the the dates together when uh, we had this this meeting coming up. And I looking at my schedule this week, trying to plan out going to the stadium because I had tickets. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I blew this, and I had to give away my tickets. And I, I'm I'm furious, but either way, I'm still happy
1: that baseball is coming back so quickly. I am as well, and I am in a similar situation. On Sunday, I have tickets, but got a couple exams early next week, so that is going to have to be put off. But only a couple more weeks of school left for me until I am a college graduate, so Mm -hmm. this stuff won't be getting in the way anymore, and I'm happy about that. Last time we talked to him, we gave a little spring training update and a little preview
0: for the, the 2019 season. And two of the big things we focused on were the Luis Severino and Aaron Hicks extensions. And now here we are in the next episode, and we got to talk about their injuries and, and what a bummer both of them were uh, coming into this season as they would both be on the, uh, the injured list, not the DL, um,
1: you know, for, the, for at least the first few weeks for both sides. Yes, Steve, this really, really sucks, and Luis Severino probably going to miss about a month right after he signed an extension, a right shoulder, which is, to be honest, fucking frightening to me, and what's even more frightening is Aaron Hicks and a stiff back, I mean, back injuries, that is a huge cause for concern in my view. And when you sign these guys to extensions, Severino four years and Hicks seven years, and they end up on the injured list immediately, it is really, as the Yankees' old manager Joe Girardi says, it's not what you want. And then (laughs) joining them on the injured list, not a guy you signed an extension, but definitely there may have been some rumblings of an extension, Dylan Batantis in his last spring training outing against the Phillies He was only at about 90, 91 miles an hour. And I said, oh, something must be wrong here. So he ends up on the injured list as well. So when you're talking about Batantas, Severino, and Hicks, that's three of the six, seven, eight best players on the entire team. And it's going to force a lot of changes to the Yankees. They signed Gio Gonzalez, a guy maybe who they would have signed even if Severino were not hurt. They trade for this guy from Colorado, Talkman. I don't know, he's some journeyman in AAA, he had a 900 OPS the last two years. But if he's getting everyday playing time for the Yankees, as we talked about before the episode, there are going to be a lot of things that go wrong, but he's going to be on the opening day roster. And then you have Batantis going down. The bullpen is one of the few units on this team that can withstand an injury to there for a little bit. But Steve, these are three of the six or seven best players players on the Yankees here that we're talking about possibly missing the first month the entire first month
0: yeah and and the Hicks one is starting to get a little more you know upsetting you know when he first was injured they're like oh it's day-to-day he'll be fine and it's like oh one quarter zone you know, a second cortisone, and his chronic back pain. And it, it really, you know, twisted the knife in those fans that really wanted a Bryce Harper or a big-name signing. And then we're like, oh, we signed Aaron Hicks for seven years. And he literally, since, like, the day he signed, he's got chronic back pain. Like, oh, what a Brian Cashman move or whatever. But it, so it is it was concerning. I think Hicks is, you know, they're, they're taking it slow. They know, like, listen, Aaron Hicks is going to be – you know, the, the DL is only 10 days. Like, Aaron Hicks is going to be on the DL probably every year and miss 10, 15 games a year. And I'd rather get it done now than, you know, later in the season here. Hopefully it's not something that is absolutely chronic for these next seven years, but he's going to be such a, a, you know an integral part to this team. You know, when you look at the lineup, and we talk about the, the outfield and, the, and the, the the final opening day roster here, there, there's so many dominoes that, that fall because uh, of Aaron Hicks. And similarly with, with Luis Severino, the entire rotation kind of flips here. Um, and, you know, that, that injury, as you said, is a right shoulder. It is It looks like he's getting better. He threw from 90 feet uh, this weekend. He's going to be throwing a lot more. Um, so this could, you know, be, a, you know, hopefully just misses four or five starts. But this could, you know, you need to build up that. He kind of missed all of spring training. So this could be into, you know, middle of May before we see him. And, you know, then what? And then we're looking at, you know, Domingo Herman and Johnny Lasagna, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, playing a lot, a lot of time from the starting rotation. Um, I think just to finish it off, we said, with Dylan, that that one kind of hurts because that one seems like it was someone, something just like he was fatigued. He wasn't, you know, uh, he kind of blamed it a little bit on his kid. Not the number one dad move to make was just like, yo, I had a baby. So I I overworked, you know, coming back and now my arm hurts. So we'll see what kind of happens there too. But he threw the other day as well. So hopefully this one is more of just a, I didn't get my full spring training, Um, Routine going on, Um, so it's just you know the things that the Yankees didn't have. You know the one thing I preached at the end of our last episode was the only thing I want in spring training is just don't get hurt. And then the dominoes just kept falling and falling, and now the Yankees are looking at you know you know limping into to opening day here, which is not as you said, Joe Girardi is not what what you want. You mentioned the Yankees' trade they made for a fourth outfielder in uh, in Tuckman from Colorado as the Yankees continue just to try and rebuild the 2012 Rockies. Uh, this led to a lot of gripe about Tyler Wade not making uh, the roster here too. And he had a few words to say here, and we, we probably should have played his audio clip here. But to continue with our new 2019 segment here of uh, Sam's Rant of the Week, Sam, uh, we were talking a little off air, and I want you to continue that of – the, the reaction that we've seen from Twitter about Tyler Wade not making the re- the roster and kind of how it was a, a little bit of a overreaction. So the floor is yours, Samuel. Rant away.
1: The reaction is that some fans on Twitter are acting like it is Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton who they are sending down to the minors. It's unfortunate that Tyler Wade didn't make the opening there also. He's had a good spring at the plate. He's been pretty good defensively, although – he said in his remarks, he says, it was first it was my offense that wasn't good, then it was my defense that isn't good. I don't know, but it's unfortunate that Hicks's injury is leading them to trade for Tuckman and put him on the opening day roster instead of Tyler Wade. But fans really have to chill here. It's like they are optioning one of the five best hitters on the team in favor of putting Tuckman on the roster. Tyler Wade has not done shit. In the major leagues. Half the time when he's up, or excuse me, all the time when he's up, it's fans bitching to send him the frick back down. Yes! Uh, <laughs> that, that's exactly it, what I wanted it's, to it's abs- Go for it. It's Keep going. It's <laughs> absurd to me. When he's up, it's send him back down. He sucks. He's useless. But now, since he had a good spring training, which so many players have good spring trainings and do shit in the regular season, they want to keep him up in the majors, and they act like he's some martyr for going down.
0: Tyler Wade, the martyr of the 2019 spring training, <laughs> New York Yankees. I, I love that, but it's so true though. Because I mean, I like I like Tyler Wade. I've kind of been on his. His, his team for the past year and a half. Like he is the perfect twenty-fifth man on a roster. His speed his speed is flat out sexy. The guy can fly around the base pads. He can play every position now that he's kind of done well in the outfield. But the Yankees were like, hey, you know what? It looks like Hicks is gonna be more than two or three days than we first expected. We let's have someone who's um got a little more pop in in, in his bat from the left side. He's played all three outfield positions here. He's maybe a little more comfortable. And you know, Tyler Wade. This has kind of been Tyler Wade's career. His, his whole life is just this is kind of what it's been, and that sucks for him. But look, lookin', I have I have the receipts and like the mentions of, of me supporting Tyler Wade at some point last year, and people screaming at me, thinking that like you, like you think he's the next coming of Robbie Cano? Like it's Tyler Wade. Who cares? He's gonna get cut tomorrow, and now all of a sudden, you know, he's he's still young and he's in the minors. He, look, he's gonna be up in the majors. I guarantee it. Once Hicks comes back, and you know a couple more, you know healthy bodies are there, like they're gonna need Tyler Wade on the MLB roster, and he's gonna get the same at bats he probably would have gotten, you know, no matter what happened. So it's not that big of a deal. And, and look, they, you know, he had, like you said, he had a great spring. I'm not gonna like knock him. He flies around the bases. He played well in the outfield. That's totally fine too. But this isn't the end all, be all. If you're complaining about the 25th man on on your roster here. To me, that's, that's a good sign that the other 24 are, are pretty freaking good. So, um, you know, I'm not worried. And if, if Tyler Wade's playing every day, then there's some serious issues that the Yankees have had, you know, leading up leading up to that. Um, to look back at the, some of the other roster moves here. So, like we said, Wade's going to start in AAA. Tuckman, or however you say his name, I'm not going to learn it, to be honest, because I don't think he's going to be a big factor for the Yankees, will be the fourth outfielder might see some playing time. Um, this is good news for, for Greg Bird and, and Luke Voigt. They are. They're both going to be on the roster. It looks like going to be one of them is going to at DDH most likely. Voit and the other one at first base. And they're both still hitting the cover off the ball. You know, Greg Bird. I was watching a little bit today. Hit a nice opposite field double. Luke Voit is still flashing around his manly chest and doing well. Um, so this is a good benefit for the Yankees is they didn't have to ruin the confidence here of a Voight or a Bird and start them in AAA and now tell them to continue this battle and in the Bronx.
1: Yeah, and this battle is going to be pretty interesting. But I think the Yankees have to stick with one player here because I don't want two days of void, a day of bird, and then two days of bird, and a day of void, and then three days of bird. I can't deal with that. One of them has to get in a rhythm. And if you don't get them in the rhythm, either one of them, they're going to be really messed up. And there's going to be rust on both of those players. So the Yankees have to pick one put feelings aside, put their love for Greg Bird aside, who's never put up real stats in the major leagues except for 2015 and a little bit in September of 2017, and just stick with one of them. And for me, that guy is Luke Voigt. He proved himself for the last six weeks of the 2018 regular season. He hit in the playoffs a little bit against the Red Sox, and he's continuing to hit in spring training. So for me, it's Luke Voigt, and it has to be one of the two. Personally, if I were Brian Cashman, newsflash, I am not, I would have looked to trade one of these two players. They both have similar trajectories. Both could slash RB, late bloomers, Bird could be, while Voight, it's looking like he is. I'm starting to really buy into Voight. I would have looked to trade one of these two players to see what the value on them was, but hey, what do I know? I, and I've said this on previous episodes before. I'd have looked to shop Greg Bird in this offseason. Call me crazy. Call me whatever you want. But two first basemen, mind you, guys that can only play first base, this competition should have been over this week. I don't think there should be any competition in the regular season.
0: Yeah, I don't like the idea of trading him, and I'm going to tell you why. Because um, – what if, what if you pick the wrong guy here? Both have options. Both can go down to AAA. If you're going to trade Greg Bird here, your value is going to be so low. I mean, this is a guy that at one point was literally – Keith Law was talking about if the Yankees should try and trade him for Paul Goldschmidt four years ago. So, I mean, the, the value is going to be gone, and his value should be gone because he hasn't done anything. And he, he is like a, he's like a porcelain doll, you might even like say, that um, – but he's played really well. He's back, in, you know, th- over three thirty this, this this spring training. He looks healthy. He's put on some weight, and I, I don't think Brian Cashman was willing to risk that. That Voigt was a flash in the pan, and then you moved on from Bird. And let's say you get like a, a you know a secondary reliever or some you know couple nineteen year olds are going to be playing uh, a ball. I, I don't think it's worth it. I think you could kind of play out the season and then see if it's something that you need, you could do at the the deadline or just hold on to it and go go from there. It's uh it's an interesting call and like having. Having two first basemen that should be able to hit all over the field is ideal. Both are a little subpar with the glove. I like think Bird's a little better and Voight's working on it. But I don't like the idea of, of just I let, I've just giving up on one of them and just taking your best offer here, especially right now when you, when you can play both. You know, if, if Voight's going to be the DH for a while and, you know, Hicks is going to miss two to three weeks, I'm fine with that. And then you get kind of rotate the days off there with, you know, Stan coming back to playing uh, DH and, and then, you know, you have – you have Tuckman playing a few days in the outfield. I think the one thing we do know, and I wrote about it this week on um, on Gotham.com, GothamSN.com, is that Aaron Judge is hitting the cover off the ball, and he is going to be in that two-hole. He's going to be playing right field, and ideally, he'll be looking for an MVP-type season because if he stays healthy, and you know, the past two off seasons, he you know he, he struggled, and he's hitting the cover off the ball in spring training now.
1: The, the sky is the limit. For the judge. And my really only hope is that he stays healthy because, of course, with the shoulder problem in 2017, where he had a very, very slow second half, picked it up late, and then last year getting hit by the pitch on the wrist, which is, that seems to happen to a Yankee at least every other year. It's slowed in recent years, but so many players, especially in the early part of this decade, fell victim to that. A Rod, Teixeira, Granderson. They all got hit on the wrist in the six weeks, and that was the case with Judge as well. But he is tearing the cover off the ball, and he mentioned in the last couple days that he has a no-step, two-strike approach, and that five of his six homers have come on that, which is very... Huge, man. Very. (laughs) Like, if you're an opposing pitcher, what do you have to say to that? I mean... This guy is absolutely frightening. He's a six eight giant at the plate. And I think he's gonna have one of his best seasons yet. I wouldn't be surprised if he's flirting with sixty home runs this year. Sixty? Oh man, I was gonna I was yeah, literally... He hit, hit fifty four his rookie year and totally sucked for July and August. So I'm not talking crazy, <laughs> Steve.
0: No, that, I, that's the prediction right there. Sam's called sixty. I was just gonna say what's the <laughs> What's the combination between Stanton and Judge? And I was gonna put it at like seventy-five, eighty, and, and we'd have to jump that up if Judge is hitting sixty because Stanton hit some two bombs the other night. Uh, I think it was versus the Phillies, uh, so he's getting more comfortable too. So the, the, that's the the combination here. It was uh, Stanton and Judge. So if Stan- so obviously you're gonna have Judge hitting more than Stanton here. So combined, well, what's your, what's the number we're looking at between the uh, the Bash Brothers of New York?
1: I'm not that great with math, but I'm going to (laughs) go...
0: You're about to graduate college. You better get some math done.
1: (laughs) Oh, my. I am going to go with 57 for Judge, and we're going to go with 46 for Stanton. That's going to put us at 113. You heard it here first. Judge is going to be healthy all year, just like his rookie year. He's going to hit 57, and Stanton is going to have the A-Rod-type season this year. Not maybe with the average and stuff, but he's going to be a lot more comfortable in New York this year. He's going to increase his homer total from 38 to 46, and they're going to hit 113 home runs combined here. We are going to look back at this going into the playoffs for that episode.
0: I got to do it to you, Sam. 57 plus 43 is
1: 103. (laughs) I I I said 46. 57 plus 46. Still 103.
0: It is?
1: <laughs> oh, my. 57 oh my. plus 46 is 103. Oh, yikes. <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> you hate to, you see, hate it. to see it.
0: Get, get that degree and run, Sam.
1: <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my.
0: I want to switch it over a little bit to the, the guys throwing the balls and pinstripes here. We mentioned the Severino injury. Um, not talked about yet was the C.C. Sabathia injury, so he's going to be on the opening day roster, but he's going to serve his five-game suspension for the that's-for-you-bitch suspension versus the Rays last year, and then he's going to go back onto the injured list and miss about another few weeks here as he recovers from that heart condition over the offseason. That leaves two... Um, rotation spots available. You have the ability to skip around that fifth spot if you need to in April, but it looks like Domingo Herman possibly is going to get that April 1st start for the Yankees, uh, and then Jonathan Loizaga is going to get called up for replacing CC on a 25-man roster here. It's going to be interesting what they do here. Both guys have decent stuff. They, you know, when the stuff is on, they're going to strike out everybody, but they're going to give up a couple home runs. They've given up seven home runs combined during spring training. Uh, they've got plus four ERA. Loiza even higher than that in the in the spring training here, which is what they both kind of did in their short time here last year. Um, but they're both gonna get a shot. Uh, we saw Gio Gonzalez also in the mix now here. When is he? Does, when does he jump into that? Does he become another long man here? So the, again, the Yankees really position themselves to have options here. These aren't the options they were really wanted to use going into the uh, into the season here. And then the the forgotten man is gonna be Luis Sessa who actually has had a phenomenal spring. He's got a .9 ERA. He's been pitching the most pretty much of any Yankee out there. So what are the Yankees going to do with him? Is he just going to be the long man there? If, you know, Herman, Weizaga, and and Gio are still kind of all not going deep into games, is Sessa going to be used for someone that's going to come in in the third or fourth inning if needed? The Yankees tested that in opener. Sam, they got options here, but it's the fourth and fifth spots – you know, aren't set and could cause some problems if, if any one of these guys struggle.
1: So first off, Ramon starting on April 1st would be just a terrible birthday present to me. <laughs> I did not think when we were looking at this team after you know, Valentine's Day, at least for me, is the end of the MLB offseason. We go into spring training, but now that was when I was a kid. Now it's late because we still have, you know, Harper and Machado weren't signed by then. Keichel and Kimbrel weren't signed by then. Still unsigned. Still. Crazy. Insane. I mean, Kimbrel, not not to get too off topic, but I mean, Kimbrel has been the best closer of in baseball since Mariano retired, which, which is crazy. And Keichel was a Cy Young winner just a couple of years ago and hasn't slowed down that much. Anyway. Herman, I was actually in Florida this past week and I was staying in Fort Lauderdale and drove up to Jupiter for an hour to see the Yankees play the Cardinals. And Herman was on the mound there. He gave up two homers to Dexter Fowler. He gave up a home run to another Cardinals player, not one of the major ones. I forget who it was, but it it was three home runs. He pitched three innings plus and really did not look sharp at all. I saw him in person. I was behind home plate, uh, you know, 12 or so rows behind home plate, and he was not impressive at all. loisica is a guy who I really, really like his stuff, but there's a lot of room for growth there. But if the Yankees are starting these two guys for the first month, they're going to need him to step up because slow starts, these games in April count as much as the ones in September. They're both one – uh, They're both equivalent to one game. I know the ones in September definitely feel a lot better, but the ones in April count the same weight and you want to have your best team out there at all times. So they're going to need these kids to step up. And if if they falter early, then, Hey, maybe give Luis Sessa another chance. I can't stand Luis Sessa. I never wanted him to start another game for the Yankees after last year. If you're a team, in the playoffs, and you're trying Luis Sessa out there a lot, you're just asking for trouble. And in terms of Gio Gonzalez, I saw him pitch a little bit on Saturday. He was flipping back and forth between the baseball, or excuse me, the March Madness and the Yankees. The Yankees were on MLB Network. And he had a couple base runners, but I wonder when he is going to be ready, Steve, for MLB action. Granted, he was just signed a week ago tonight when we are recording this episode.
0: Yeah, and that's and he has that that April 20th option where he could then become a free agent here, which I, I there's no chance I think he even takes that given when we get, once we got once we saw the final contract and he's making like 300,000 a start. I think he's going to wait out the Yankees for, you know, a month or two to see if he's going to get some starts, and he should. I mean, the report was before he signed that he threw like seven strong innings, you know, against, you know, a couple, you know, lunch pail workers and high school kids, and then he came into the you know, his first spring training action, he gave up a couple home runs and people are screaming, you know, this is why you needed to go sign Dallas Keuchel or whatever. Like, look, it takes pitchers almost two months sometimes to get ready. And especially if you're not working with a new staff, you're working with new trainers here. Like, I'm going to give the guy a couple freaking weeks here before we ship him back out. Um, so, but uh, Gio interesting. i liked Gio since his days when he was with the, uh, with the Oakland A's. And he had that, you know, he put up a top three Cy Young. Year His first year in Washington. So he's at 32. It's pretty crazy that he couldn't get a job here. I was looking up there like he's oh, he's 33. I think he's like only a couple months older than when the Yankees signed Mike Mussina for like an eight year deal. I'm not saying they're the same player at all. It's just crazy that someone has had, you know, 10 plus years experience in Major League Baseball and like shows he could be an innings eater, like has to settle for this type of deal where he's getting paid literally like per start here by the Yankees. So it's very interesting to to kind of see what they, what they do there. They did break out the opener um, recently, they had, had Chad Green, who I, I, I think we all think would be the obvious guy for the opener there. So I'm going to see if we, you know, first two weeks of the season, if we see an opener with Chad Green followed by a Sessa. Because, you know, Sessa, you know, maybe comes a little better off from at the pen. and His numbers kind of showed that a little last year, too, when he started pitching in the pen, and he picked up a few saves, coincidentally, because he went three innings at the end of games here. So maybe, you know, if Herman... You know, come on, such a struggle, Loaiza. You know, has this huge injury history, and Gio's not ready. We break out the opener. I mean, we've seen it work down in Tampa. There's no with the bullpen that we got. There's no reason why I don't think the opener shouldn't be uh, an option here. You know, that's kind of it. Literally seems like it fits Chad Green perfectly for the Yankees at least. You know, five to seven times this year.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, Chad Green would be the obvious opener in my eyes as well. And then for the next two or three innings. I would try Sesson, see if he is comfortable out of the bullpen, which we looked at a couple times last year. So the Yankees have a lot of options, and I am totally open to the opener. That was funny. Open (laughs) to the opener. (laughs) Oh, what a knee slapper there, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's something you definitely have to look at, and Aaron Boone originally shot it down at a point last year, and then he was asked about it, and – when the Yankees deployed it against the Rays in September, he said, hey, it's a copycat league. And then he's saying again in the spring that they are open to it and discussing the possibilities. So it's very interesting to me. I wonder when the first time we're going to see it. I think it's going to be around the third week of the season that we are going to see the opener. Do you think that's a good timeline, Steve?
0: Yeah, I think we definitely see it in April. We're, I think we'll see it in the first month of the, of the year. The Yankees tried out versus one of these teams you know, like the Tigers or someone that aren't supposed to be very good, where maybe it's a uh, you know an afternoon game here, maybe followed by a night day or a travel day, and it kind of pushes everyone back a little bit for their for their start. Um, so I 100% can see it happen while we're waiting for you know CC and, and Seve to get healthy, and when the the other options are the bullpen is just better. I mean we're going to see some familiar faces too. Um, Tommy Kaelin he looks like he's making the opening day roster, and I'll be honest. I thought we we would never see Tommy McKinley again after some of the outings that he put together last year. So a nice surprise there for him, and I'm sure that feels good for him to to be, you know, looks like confidently being brought back up to the Bronx to start the year. Joining him in the pen is Stephen Tarpley, who we saw at the end of last year pitch really well in September at his call up here, and he's continued that this spring with a strong uh, 11 innings in the spring so far. So it's nice to see him getting some getting a chance to in the opportunity, you know, he won't be one of the, uh, the guys relied on in the pen, but someone that the Yankees can have here is, you know, the Yankees have continually built a strong bullpen here. And if they get another guy that they've kind of worked from the minors to contribute if needed, just in case something like, like a, a big name, like Dylan goes down and you have to move everybody up. And then, you know, next thing you know, you know, Tarpley's pitching in some, some high, you know, octane innings for this this team will be, will be huge, and I think it's important to have him kind of up here the whole year. Um, so I hope he's not bouncing back and forth, um, but unfortunately, due to some options, like I said with Kayleen, he might be that, that guy on the Scranton shuttle, but definitely earned himself a, a roster spot.
1: He definitely did, and I'm excited to see what he contributes to the team. And you mentioned Tarpley. This is a guy who also maybe could be used as the opener, especially yeah. if managers... Especially if managers have two or three lefty hitters in a row lined up, good point. Maybe they could even start Tarpley for the first two hitters of the game, because he's so so effective against lefties. Was he on the postseason roster? He was. He was on the postseason he roster. Yeah. Le- last year. Didn't yeah. He only pitched in that abomination game three against the Red Sox, but he can get lefty hitters out. So. I'm excited to see what he can do this year, especially like I said against the lefty hitters. Who, if there's a lineup, if it's top heavy with lefty hitters, I would not be surprised to see if he is used as an opener. If Aaron Boone opts use it, which we both think he will, and he's even said that they are probably going to use it. Yeah, and it just makes you know, it makes some so it makes so
0: much sense when we're here for questioning who's the fourth or fifth starter. We don't really need to question the bullpen at this point. You know, we'll see when Dylan comes back. Hopefully, it's just a little bit of a, a tired arm to uh, to start the year. It, it's get, it's getting game time here. You know, Thursday, a couple days away, playing the Orioles and then playing Detroit. Um, we, we we did this a couple times last year, Sam, but we're probably going to record next Monday as well. But these first six games at home. We got to be looking for a nice 5 and 1 start, right? I mean, it's the early season and you lose a couple, but the Yankees, like you said, counts the same. It's come out the gate. These are two teams that got to beat up all year. We need some strong starts from, you know, Tanaka back to being the opening day starter. We didn't even talk about him. I, you know, Tanaka was the opening day starter for several years for the Yankees. Now he's taking the hill opening day again, and I expect him to come out strong on opening day. He's someone that I feel like does well with the pressure and, and it likes the spotlight of opening day.
1: Absolutely, and I am very, very happy that Tanaka is starting opening day. Obviously not happy because Severino's hurt, but this guy has been such a solid pitcher. I'm really not for long contracts for pitchers, but Tanaka has been worth every single penny. This guy is a total With half an arm. I expect him to come out strong. Yeah, and the Yankees played the Orioles and Tigers for the first six at home, but then they play the... Orioles the next three in yep. uh, Camden in Baltimore. So Yankee that's South. the first the first nine games against teams that are very, very uh, not good, I will say. So the Yankees <laughs> in in those and we're gonna record after the Detroit series, maybe maybe that or I don't know when we'll next record, but the Yankees are should be looking at a five and one seven or in the ten games is seven and three eight and two start I mean these are very, very inferior teams. They need to put the hammer down against these bad teams, something that they sometimes didn't do last year yeah, absolutely and I think you know the the fans want that too they obviously
0: they want the Yankees to win every game, but if the Yankees come out flat against these teams and they're starting you know you know four and five or whatever it is, there's gonna be some serious heat and some some uh you know if Machado you know hits four home runs in the first week or whatever it is. They're, they're the bluebirds will be out we saw it early with John carlo last year and how quickly the Yankees will turn on players here I wonder if these long-term deals for you know both will be injured but Severino and Hicks could get you know the the, the Bronx cheer when they finally make you know make their appearances here because you know the the Yankees fans aren't too shy of showing their uh you know their the displeasure especially towards their own organization which is uh you know doesn't I, I won't I don't understand it all, but we'll move on from there. Sam, I had another question. Did you see, you know, the Yankees media and they're kind of uh they've had some fun. You know, last year they had the commercials about the bullpen about, you know, we bring the heat, where all that there were a bunch of uh, you know, heat guy heater guys or electricians or whatever you want to call them to fix the heat in the houses here. Did you see them having fun with Adam Otzevino and the Babe Ruth comments and the
1: new commercial that came out this week? Did I really say I could strike Babe Ruth out every time? He's so much bigger in person. He's currently hitting 370? And why is right field so short? 295? Oh, it's 490 to center at least. Wait, how did I get here? (sighs) What a nightmare.
0: So it was just the, the Yankees, you know, media and their staff just having fun with some of those comments because a lot of people were still pissed that for the, the Aravino comments when he first signed um, that he was going to strike out Babe Ruth. Not that it matters at all. Like, it's an absurd conversation to even have. But I thought it was fun that, you know, kind of both the Yankees and him, you know, brought it back in, in, a, in a good-natured
1: way and they let, obviously, they, they made sure the Babe hit the home runs. Yeah, I have to go check that out, actually. I'm not going to do it now. And look on my phone and be like Mike Francesa with with the <laughs> dead air. You don't want 30 seconds of dead air? We can wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was absurd. But I'm definitely going to check it out. And I don't know if he could strike him out every time. I don't think Ottavino could. Uh, or excuse me. I don't think Babe Ruth could.
0: He can't hit a home I'm run think. off of him. I'm on Ottavino's
1: side here. But that, oh, that could I be a whole different Ottavino's. story here. <laughs> I'm on Adovino's side as well, and not that we're going back to comments made several months ago, but I was on his side at the time as well because the game has just changed so much. But I'm happy to see that they are having fun with it. I definitely have to go check it out. Yeah, so that's
0: kind of what we'll wrap it up here. Luckily, Adovino will not be facing Babe Ruth in his nightmares here, but he will be on the mound most likely several games this upcoming home trip, which is just – the upcoming home trip means that the season is starting Thursday afternoon. I'm not even going to be able to watch the game, but I'm going to be there in spirit. And as soon as the game's over, hoping for some home runs, we'll update the, the official 2019 home run tracker. I'm going to have that pinned on my Twitter for all season long so you can track the home runs, the distances, and how they're looking compared to their own team and their own franchise MLB record for home runs. And you can find that at hashtag HR Tracker. Uh, on, on my Twitter at, at @angelsteve Steve uh, 89 all season long Sam take us out for fi- a couple final words here of getting ready for the 2019 New York Yankees season World Series expectations and it's time to go
1: First off Steve do you think they're going to break the record They yeah.
0: are they they're, they're going to break they're going to break the record again because we okay. you got cuz you got 113 home runs with your bad math between two players
1: Correct correct <laughs> Yeah um, you know I, I'm thrilled for this season to start. James Paxton aboard. They're gonna get the injured guys back. Lemayhew on board. Ottavino on board. This team looks a little bit different, but obviously World Series or bust expectations. Again, get it started by beating these bad teams. Starting seven and three, eight and two, and we will work from there. Get it started. Set the tone, and live up to the World Series expectations because that's what it is in the Bronx every single year, especially starting last year when they brought aboard Stanton and everybody need a World Series. Ten years since their last one this year, and the Red Sox just won last year. The Red Sox have won two since the last time the Yankees won one, much to the displeasure of Yankees fans. But this is the year for the Yankees. Let's make it happen. It starts Thursday. Thursday, here we go. And it's just a great day for baseball. It's not just Yankees opening day.
0: It's MLB opening day. I don't care that they just played those two games over in Japan at 5 a.m., which congrats to Ichiro. But amazingly, another horrible job of marketing by Major League Baseball by having the opening day be over there at 5 a.m. So no one can watch it um, here in the U.S. here. But opening day for baseball. It's a great day all around. Everybody's playing. Day games during the week. And the official start of Major League Baseball. And that's the way. We'll, we'll see you guys all season long. Please check out GothamSN.com for Sam and I as we update the season with some articles and, all, and a weekly podcast. We'll be here all week. The idea is to try and record every Monday night and get it to you guys Tuesday morning for when you guys are about to hit that midweek lull. But Yankees baseball, 162 games. More to come hopefully in October. And we'll see you be here all year with you guys on podcasting and pinstripes. Sam, I'll talk to you soon, bud.
1: Doodles.